Norton Air Force Base. This is probably, oh, I don't know, 1968, I would think. We lived in Loma Linda, California. Dad stationed at Norton Air Force Base, which is about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight miles away. And uh, Dad's whole career uh, in the Air Force, he was in corrosion control, which meant, uh, in, in a nutshell, he painted the airplanes. And uh, with the exception for a short time while we were in California, he got uh, transferred over to the wood shop, not for very long. But nonetheless, during that time, Air Force One landed there and the wood shop, and I'm sure, I don't know the extent, but Air Force One was going to get a remodel inside. And of course, the wood shop that dad was assigned to was involved, along with others, I'm sure. Anyway, I remember dad saying something about it. And as a kid, it really didn't strike me, you know, one way or the other. I remember he brought home a, uh, a wooden box, a very simple box made out of uh, black walnut. And he told me, he said, this box, he said, I made out of the wood, some of the wood that we took out of Air Force One. And, you know, I've still got that box. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here looking at it across across the room. Uh, but anyway, you know, being raised in the military like that, you, there's always one little quirky story or the other, you know, that, uh, that I've always looked back on and thought was cool. We lived off base. Uh, this is still pretty early on in dad's career, and he doesn't have enough rank, you know, to live on base. And, thing, you know, base housing and things of that nature weren't as, uh, let's just say, user-friendly as maybe they are now. You know, now I think nowadays, if of course maybe space available, but you can get on a base housing, allowing you have a family uh, uh, with with very little rank. Well, back then you couldn't, and uh, I don't I don't know how long we lived in Loma Linda. It, it seemed like we lived there for you know I don't know three or four years probably. And Loma Linda is a Seventh Day Adventist town, and they have and their claim to fame there legitimately is they have a, a, a Seventh-day Adventist university. But in addition, on that university, they have a, just a cutting-edge medical center there. The city, uh, well, I call it a city, it, it wasn't very big then, it was just beautiful. It was almost like a military base, as a matter of fact, just the you know all the the uh, you know the the lawns were manicured and just everywhere in that town just I mean the public places you know just really everything squared away one time now listen it doesn't rain very much like that song says uh, it doesn't rain very much in Southern California but when it does it rains a lot well this particular year it rained and rained and rained and you know you got to remember now you're you're pretty much just in the in the desert and. That stuff just does not. The desert just doesn't soak a whole lot of water up like soil would. It'll 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 get full real quick, and then the water's just running off, and it's just going to go any which way it can. It'll just run out of places to go. I guess probably, oh, I don't know, 150 yards or so across this uh, open lot across from our house, there was a, a creek. Now, normally in Southern California, these big old creek beds are just dry. They might have a little trickle of water in them, uh, and, and I don't even know where that comes from. But this this day in particular, it had been raining for quite some time. the 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 creek was just was just rolling. I mean, it was just was was within its banks, but it was no room to spare. Above Loma Linda, up in the hills there somewhere, there was a a water reservoir, and uh, I I think it was just an earthen dam. But none the nonetheless, it failed, and when it did. Uh, 
all that water came down, at least into our section of Loma Linda. Now, the 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 town of Loma Linda that we were talking about, the city where the university and all that, that sits up on top of the hill. But now us peasants now, <laughs> we were living at the bottom of the hill and uh, that that levee broke. Well, you know, when it did, uh, you know, you got to remember now, there's no cable TV, there's no Google uh, internet, and there's no cell. No, information is not instant like it is now. The only way we knew we was in trouble is we looked across that field and the bridge, the steel bridge from around the corner we seen floating down that that creek. When I say creek now, you know, this thing's probably 30 or 40 foot wide and, and 15 or 20 foot deep. But like I said, most of the time it's just dry. Well, we looked out, we were absolutely just continuing to look out the front door, and about six inches of water starts just like a flash flood just comes right down our street. And I'll never forget it, a baby crib, the legs had already broke off. And I'm sure this was just a crib, you know, somebody had in the garage or something. It wasn't like it come floating out of their house, but come floating down that road. Well, you know, dad just knew then that, hey, listen, we got to go. And I remember my, we had no time. And my mom, she, all she did was grab the dirty clothes hamper, throw that thing in the car, and away we went. We didn't have, well, I don't know. I'm going to say about a half a mile to, to get to high enough ground anyway to where we'd been okay. That car stalled out. Uh, well, I take that back. It didn't stall out. It bogged down three times. And water's water's coming in at the bottom of the door jam there. And I'll never forget sitting in the back seat. This was a 57 Chevy that Dad had. And this thing was beautiful, you know. And uh, he'd throw that sucker up into to, uh, neutral, rev it up. And I don't know how. It just had to be an act of God. We made it. Revving it up would normally just pull all that water up into the engine, but it didn't. And he'd rev it up, throw her down and drive. And we'd leap forward, you know, uh, 20 or 30 or 40 feet. And he'd have to do it again anyway, three times. And uh, that last time was enough. Uh, I guess we were just kind of gradually going uphill. Now, we weren't we weren't high now, just high enough is, is what I'm trying to say. And uh, we finally got out of that water. Now, you know, so far you're thinking, well... You know, hey, listen, that's not too bad. Well, we we kept on going and got up on top of an overpass. Now, this overpass was uh, an overpass over some train tracks, so so we were sure enough on high ground now. And you know, what are we to do? So luckily, I guess mom and dad knew somebody, so we went over to their house and and spent a night or two. And dad went back, I guess, the next day with a guy that lived at the end of our road, and they went back uh, to keep our our places from being looted and total absolute destruction there in that whole neighborhood. I mean, when we finally got back there a few days after, you know, dad went in, whole houses, had, it was like a tornado, whole houses had just been picked up and floated. I mean, they might have floated a block. They might have floated three or four blocks. And it seemed like as they were floating, they, they just were destroying everything in their path. Our 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 street was was no different. The water was coming down the street, if you remember, toward our house. When dad got to our house, the only damage that was, was in the back door. And actually, it was just a side door, just a little puddle of muddy water underneath the washing machine through that back door. What had saved us next to us in, in line of that water coming down the road 
was a big old house. And that water was coming down that road rapidly enough that when it hit that house, it just it, it just veed out and went completely both sides around our house, front and back. And just that little bit of water had drifted in there. Well, many of the houses on our road was just absolutely destroyed. There was a few that made it a terrible, terrible mess. And you know, if you've never been in a flood, you see, you know you see that stuff like that on the nightly news, and you think, oh well, you know. But it's not, you know, people. Everything's destroyed, and it's not like people are just going to come in and and dig the mud out. The mud's just there. I mean, what are you going to do with it? All that silt comes in, and it's just there. And I re- I never forget going in some of these old houses that uh, were relatively structurally sound. I mean, they're they're totaled out. But just as a kid exploring, uh, you know, there might be water three foot up. On the on, in the walls there, you know, just a mud line. It didn't take long. All these houses, everything started mildewing. I'll never forget in our neighborhood as a kid. I I, I never forget the the smell. Of, I know what it is now. Then I didn't, but it, it was the the smell of mildew. Uh, just everything it, uh, had been wet and and just was a mess. Well, all these years later, I've looked on Google Earth. Actually, not not too awful long ago, and I I, I found that street that we lived on. And uh, even the houses that remained, uh, many of them are just gone now. And I often wondered if uh, if it was because of that flood that they just went in there and just eventually just bulldozed it all down and, and you know, folks just started over. <laughs> anyway, you know, just some of the crazy times that, you know, growing up in the military, you know, that we faced. And uh, this one here was certainly, uh, you know, one for the, the record books for sure. Anyway. I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, Hope you had a good time. Talk to you. Peace out.